0: Oh, we're glad you could make it. Welcome to the Raider Cop Podcast. Where you can ride along with us on another episode. I came to you, brothers, announcing the testimony of God to you. I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom, for I didn't think it was a good idea to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamations were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a power demonstrated by the Spirit so that your faith might not be based on man's wisdom, but God's power. Welcome to Raider Cop Podcast. I'm your host, Alpha Mike transmitting high atop of Florida's peninsula, the mountainous region of Florida at 108 feet. If you want to hear more on this powerful word of God that I read, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. Of course, every time you hear this broadcast, you can always catch what this word meant by going to RadarCopNation.com. Once the page downloads, go to the section that says Test Everything, And there you will hear this message, the power of God. Plus, there's other messages there as well. Messages last 90 days, but we know that the power of God exists forever. Benny Squint is the subject that we are going to discuss today on episode 148. And we are going to speak upon the elite of the elite in Mafia circles from the Wise Guy series files of Raider Cop Podcast. This family became powerful. It became rich with political connections. It outsmarted its opponents. It outsmarted law enforcement it became, as it became more and more powerful, one of the largest Costa Nostra families in America, with over 300 members, it became so large and so powerful. At the same time, it became so secretive, even to the point of who was in charge. That secret society within a secret society existed from this story all the way into present day today. They have confused even the other crime families as to who's really in charge, making them today's topic. When we look at our subject, we see a man that was Of course, born of Italian heritage because you have to be uh, of Italian heritage to be part of La Costra Nostra. But he's born in New York City in the year 1908 on October 6th, the name Philip Lombardo. His AKA or names that he was called were Cockeyed Phil and also... Benny Squint. You see, he had a little squint or a little eye that was cockeyed. Of course, a lot of these nicknames were never really told to mops to their face. Usually nicknames that they obtained when they were kids and they preceded them into their criminal lifestyle. 1940 becomes part of a criminal group in East Harlem New York City, which was heavily um, it was a it was a heavily influenced neighborhood of Italian heritage and on 116th Street he started hanging out there doing his thing and he caught the eye of Mike the trigger Coppola which was the trigger man back prior to the organization or the organizing of La Costa Notra. Remember, our dates are always 1931 and to the present day. But Coppola, he was way before that. So he catches the eye of Benny Squint, and Benny Squint is now on his payroll. By the mid-1940s, Benny Squint now is a member of the crime family that bears the name of the founder of the commissioner, Lucky Luciano, the Luciano family. His rhyme and his area of influence for Benny Squint was East Harlem, originally the turf of Trigger Mike Coppola, Coppola now is using Benny Squint as one of his main influences in the neighborhood and his aid. This would help Benny Squint later on in life. Because Phil Lombardo, better known as Benny Squint, was so low profile, not a lot of people outside the area of East Harlem knew who he was. He didn't come under the attention of law enforcement until probably the 40s that he might be tied into organized crime. He becomes an influential member of the Genovese crime family. In 1959, boss of the family now is Vito Genovese. We remember from a retake of our old or other Wise Guy series episodes when we talked about Vito Genovese. He takes over in 1957 after he sends his man, Vincent de Chinchagante, to go ahead and put a bullet in Frank Costello's head. But he actually put it inside his Fondura hat, skimming his head. But that was enough for Frank to say, I quit, leaving Vito Genovese in charge. Also in 1957, Vito Genovese wants to. ...be recognized as the boss of the family. He wants to change the name of the family from Luciano to Genovese... ...and he wants to become regarded as the boss of bosses. He orders a meeting of all the commission members up in Appalachia, New York. This was a tremendous catastrophe because they had already met in 56... ...actually meeting once every five, maybe ten years. But because Vito wanted attention, Vito got attention... And so did a lot of Mafia members. It was enough for a lot of people to put up with, like Carlo Gambino, that was the boss of his own family also in 57. And taking over the reins from Albert Anastasia, Gambino all of a sudden uh, thought that Vito might be getting in the way. Of course, Luciano was in Italy at the time, deported from the United States, and didn't like Vito's takeover of the family. So it wasn't long before Vito was set up. Puerto Rican drug dealer by the name of Nelson Catalopos, he who turned around and gave states evidence. Later, he does confess, not not officially, but unofficially, that he was paid by members of the mob to give that false testimony. Nelson later met his faith and uh, is no longer with us. Vito was sentenced basically to death because the sentence, he would never leave prison again. Vito attempted to run and did run the Genovese crime family from the prison walls. Inside that family, he would create, Vito, a panel to run his family from the streets. Part of that panel was this person we're talking about today, Benny Squint. It was important for Vito to create this type of street boss panel because he knew he had enemies in the mob. He knew he'd, what he was charged with and found guilty, he didn't do. He knew that there was a power behind those false testimonies. So he started to go into secrecy. Of course, Joe Valachi, the great snitch in 1963, didn't help out matters either because he was a part of the Luciano family or Genovese family. So going in deeper into secret society within a society in secretness was Vito's game. He appointed his panel and although there were 3, there were really 4. Now this is to a lot of debate to a lot of mafia experts, but the truth of the matter is that the 3 or 4 on the panel were in charge of the family. The commission Under Gambino, they wanted to create a friendly face over at the Genovese family running the day-to-day operations. So even more so why they had to go into becoming a secret family within Mafia circles. The ruling panel was Michele Miranda... Jerry Catania and Tommy Ryan Eberle. Of course, Benny Squint wasn't too far away. The panel would run the day-to-day operations. These were couples. Genovese did give them positions, like Tommy Ryan was acting boss. Miranda was underboss. Jerry Catania was the consularity. But it was just a three-couple panel. And they would run the day-to-day operations. Genovese dies in 1969 in prison. But not before he dies, he figures out he needs to appoint a new leader. That leader would be Philip Lombardo, Benny Squint. Benny had shown his effectiveness as a leader and that he could kind of navigate from behind the scenes. You see, his criminal record goes back to 1928 to 1958. And they were all small little type of crimes, vagrancy and and the possession of a stolen car and all kinds of things that law enforcement could uh, con up. Very little jail time. So he became even a better attractive leader for Vito. Some people say, well... Uh, Coppola was influential in his appointment as boss after Coppola, before Coppola retired. Might be true, but still, the boss was the boss, and that was Vito, and Vito had to say yes, and Vito did say yes. 1940, uh, Benny starts to live in Miami Beach and Hollywood, Florida. He's not in the limelight now so much and he's high and in charge. He also moves to Inglewood, New Jersey. It is important to know that in the 40s and 50s, he's mostly out of the city than in the city. But people in the circle knew who he was. They were getting Benny ready for the throne. As the time goes on, after the death of vito genovese benny is no fool and says we're going to continue with the panel i'll just be behind the curtain if you need me and he starts to appoint front bosses now the ones that we spoke about like miranda well he dies and Ends up going to prison and dies in July 1973. Jerry Catania, the underboss, 75 is his demise. Uh, he, he becomes an official retiree because of poor health, but he actually lives to he is 98 years old. But he was retired. And Tommy Ryan Eberle didn't fare so well. You see, in 1972, he's killed. Because he owes $4 million to Carlo Gambino. And he didn't pay it up in time. So Tommy Ron Ryan was Im- immediately removed. So he, we got Benny Squint now. He's basically somewhat in charge. Ever since 1959 to, 96, to 1969, he's a part of a three-man panel. He's the fourth man out. And from 69 to 80, he's the boss. Vito has died, and Benny has taken over. He quickly creates his front organization with um, his bosses that he's got out there to fool law enforcement and in many regards to fool other mob families. There was always an an identity issue over at the Genovese crime family, even to today, as who's in charge. During the era of Tony Salerno, the government, in in 1985, the commission trials, they sentenced Tony Fat Salerno to 100 years. Only later to the Justice Department making an official announcement that Tony was, in fact, not the boss of the family. He was a front. And it has been a mystery to many people. Of course, organizations within the mob would negotiate with the front boss. They, they didn't question. That's who they were told that is in charge, and that's who they went to. The hierarchy of the Genovese family knew who was actually pulling the strings. It became uh, a system that was improved, and it was a system that worked for the Genovese crime family. Being rich and with 300 members made them very vulnerable through, uh, from jealousy and other groups and law enforcement. So, going into secret or hiding what their true assets were, who's in charge, really gave them the power that they needed. The FBI had a clear understanding in the 60s that Benny Squint was in charge from listening to bugging devices and his name being mentioned by top members of the family. So I told him this is just not an ordinary. Soldier, as Vito, Gen- uh, excuse me, uh, Joe Valachi, the snitch, had described him in 1963 in front of the committee, the Congress, congressional committee. He named Benny Squint as a soldier of the Genovese crime family. So Joe didn't read the latest memo. So. The picking of him of Benny Squint as the leader was perfect for what the Genovese crime family wanted. Low key, confused about his true identity, is he a soldier, a capo? And the ones in the family, of course, they knew he had position of authority, but what type of authority? I know he was in a panel and When one would go to jail or get an indictment, then they'd squeeze Benny in. But Benny was pulling strings. As time goes on, law enforcement's understanding of how he operated Benny, it originates from Genovese when he's in prison creating a panel. Benny now perfects how this is going to operate and the front boss is created now during this era from 1969 to 1980 the front bosses were tommy ryan for for benny squint with tommy ryan Eberly. some people say well he was a real boss he wasn't a front boss really how do you know i i, I wouldn't Why was the panel created then? Genovese gave them names, but there was still a front because Genovese was alive in prison, calling the shots. They did the day-to-day because communication back and forth to Van was difficult because he was in prison. But ultimately, the boss is the boss. So Tommy Ryan here was a front. We know he got for being uh, late on his payment plans with Gambino he got done in Frank Funzi Toreri he was a favorite of Gambino a gentleman he was known to be a businessman and not violent but uh, Vito Genovese was a thug and those around him were thugs so this was another perfect front A lot of people say, well, Gambino had the influence to put him in. Gambino had no influence to do anything in the Genovese family. They led people to believe. And Funzi did a good job. So he eventually gets sentenced, and the sentence was a death sentence because he dies in prison. And then, of course, Anthony Fattoni Solano, that he basically runs from the 70s all the way to 85 when he's convicted. So the organization has been very secretive. Benny here will eventually, law enforcement will officially know in the 80s when they had a confidential informant and then, of course, he became a snitch, started testifying against members of the Genovese family. He was a Genovese soldier himself, Vincent Fish. Carol Faro, and he was fat Tony Solano's sidekick, you know, the, the aide. And when they all got arrested for the commission case, Solano got upset with him in prison and started barking, where's the money I that we gave you know for shylocking, that $30,000? He hadn't been making payments. You're sitting here behind the bars with me doesn't mean... You get a free pass, and the fish didn't like the way Solano had barked at him and became a cooperative witness. This is a trend in the Genovese family because, we know, Joe Valachi when he got barked at by Vito Genovese in prison, he didn't like it either, and he became a snitch also. So death was imminent for whatever reason. And the fish tells the FBI all about Benny Squint. Benny was already gone. Didn't really matter. But they learned now, with egg on their face, the FBI, the bald-headed guy with glasses that looked like a CPA accountant, was the guy in charge for a long, long time. Benny Squint eventually dies in 1987. In the mob, 60 years Now, you got 60 years of one profession. You're pretty influential. A lot of people want to question the influence that he had. It can't be questioned. It's already in history. There's no doubt that Vito Genovese appointed him. Now, there are rumors upon rumors, such as, He was just the front boss. He was the boss. He was appointed by Vito. He wasn't. It doesn't matter. Vito was the boss. Before he closed his eyes, he had to give the blessing to Benny Squint. There's other rumors that the next leader that would take over the chin, he abruptly broke into a meeting where Benny Squint was and said, I'm in charge, and this is my new administration. Well, that's a bunch of fabricated baloney. Also, because everything that this family does to continue its reign as the elite of the elite is very organized, controlled, and businesslike. The chin was picked way before. They are they pick their leaders maybe a decade prior. They drain them. They cut them in the back quietly waiting to take the realm. Other organizations, other families don't do that. There's a power struggle. First one comes out blazing winds. A lot of attention. We know what happened during the era of John Gotti. Sometimes too much attention brings down the house of cards. Today, the Genovese family is unknown. They say that a guy by the name of Barney yeah, like the cartoon character. Barney is in charge of the Genovese family, but they're not really sure, but they think he is. But he's got to be some type of boss, maybe the front boss, but he is a capo, and he's assigned to the Bronx, and he's, he's something influential. But we're not sure who the underbosses is or the consulary either. They continue to rhyme in secrecy. Other families, they knew who to contact. They contact those people. Those people tell them what to do or what will happen. Thus, those people run as the administration. Thus, those people are the fronts. But those people know exactly who to check into. Just like they did for over a decade, they checked in to Benny Squint. What's up next? Well... We're going to talk about the Law Enforcement Officer Safety Act, Lee Olsa. Right. It's the ability of law enforcement officers to carry a gun anywhere in the United States. So what's the problem? We're going to talk about what those problems are. Been there since inception and constantly getting worse. Just turn on the news and you'll see. There's a secret sinister group out there now that would like to take... Leosa and put it in somebody's drawer never to see cops carrying guns again. You see, they don't want to defund them. They also want to disarm them. The song of all the week that we got, well, Little Darling from the Drifters in the Doo-Wop series. Before we leave today, I want to remind you of the importance of becoming a USCCA member. It is part of your protection arsenal. Not only carrying a gun, having the perfect rounds, training with your weapon, having a good holster, great cleaning equipment, and so forth. And, of course, a great armorer like in Pistol Pete. You also need the protection that protects the protector, and that is the USCCA. It's insurance that will cover about a million dollars. It's insurance that will give you peace of mind. It is a policy that will give you tactical training. It is a policy that will show you and teach you the latest legal updates. And God knows they're changing by the second. You can't live without it. It's a measly $22 a month is the minimum and the maximum plan is $47 a month. Pennies on the dollar. God forbid you pull up your shirt, go for your weapon, pull it out of your holster, engage the target and squeeze the trigger. Because whether the person lives or dies, you can rest assured that the liberal left of swing of america is coming at you with every legal response they can because they want to exhaust exhaust concealed carriers into saying it's not worth carrying it is worth carrying it is your right it is a second amendment i encourage you to join the uscca it's as easy as from your smartphone Just picking it up and dialing eight seven two two two. That's eight seven two two two. And text the word Raider, R A I D E R. That's eight seven two two two. And you can start by becoming a member as an affiliate sponsor. We also get a little bit of change out of that transaction. In That definitely will help the podcast and our YouTube program that's coming in 2021. Hate no one, love everybody, know that our time here is short on earth and that the decisions that we make today will either at the end of our life give us a heavenly experience glorified by his presence or Hell on wheels, and we wish we would have paid attention. As always, it is my honor and pleasure to be your host on Radar Cop Podcast. Continue to pray for yourself, because without you in the game, we have nothing. Continue to pray for your family, your community, and the law enforcement agency that serves you. And most importantly, continue to pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out. 22.